This is LGBT time with Chuck on WERU FM 89.9. This is a youth focused podcast that is produced by OutMaine. I'm Aiden, the mental health coordinator with OutMaine. And I'm Mara, our youth engagement coordinator at OutMaine. And today we're going to talk about some questions um, that we've received from parents and community members. Kind of as a branch of our LGBT time with Chuck, we've created a submission column called Dear Chuck that is available on the Outmain website, or you can submit questions to dearchuck at outmain.org. And what this is, is a platform for parents, teachers, community members, whoever it might be that have questions um, that they may not know where to find the answers to or want a youth perspective on them. Um, And they can be submitted and then they'll be reviewed and answered by our Queer Futures youth group, which is youth ages 16 to 22. So we're gonna start today by looking at some of our Dear Chuck submission questions that we have received and go through and answer them to the best of our abilities and see how we can help some people out. So this question says, Dear Chuck, My child recently came out to me as transgender, and I'm trying to figure out the best way to support my child around sharing this information to our extended family, grandparents, cousins, etc. Not everyone in our family has the most inclusive mindset, and I want to make sure that I'm not unintentionally causing my child harm by putting them in uncomfortable or unsafe situations. Do you have any suggestions on how to uh, approach this topic with unsupportive family members? Should I be the one to tell them or should I let my child? Aiden, what are your thoughts? So I think this is a great question. I think this is a very loaded question. So we should try to break it down um, a little bit just to make sure we can fully answer it. Um, So first let's take a look at just supporting your child in general coming out. If your child just came out to you as transgender, um, this is probably a thought that they've been having for a while. I don't know how old your kid is, but, um, you know, children spend a lot of time trying to just figure out who they are and where they fit in and who their friends are and how they should dress and how they should look and all those things. And so this is something that your child has probably spent time researching and finding information on to figure out kind of where they fit in. Um, So it can feel really new to you, um, but it may not feel so new to them. So it's important to support your child, but also take some time to educate yourself and support yourself through your child's transition. So some questions you could ask your child or some conversations you could have can help you to figure out where your child wants to begin with their transition. So some something that a lot of transgender individuals start with is just a social transition. Um, So what a social transition is, is a transition that happens, um, it could happen at home, it could happen at school, it could happen in the community, it could happen in all three of those places, Um, and it generally includes a change of name and pronouns. Um, It may not include a name change, it might just include pronouns at first, but it's the ability to let your child experiment with how they want to express themselves, and if they do want to use a new name and pronouns, have that conversation with your child about where they want to use that new name and pronouns, they just want to use it at home and have it become more of a normal in-home thing with you as parents and maybe siblings or do they also want to use a new name and pronouns at school or in any other kind of community setting that they're a part of a group and if they do want to use it at school or in the community how can you support your child with that can you 
talk to school administration to make sure that your child is being supported at school by other staff and peers. And then some just questions to think about along the lines of a social transition is if your child wants to wear makeup, could you show them how to put it on? If your child wants to try a new style of clothing, could you take them shopping? If they want to try a new hairstyle, how could you support them with that? Um, or even just some simple things of trying like new body wash and hair products. Um, whenever you go shopping, could you let your child take some time to just pick out things that make them feel good and things that align their body with their identity? And being a supportive parent by you asking this question shows that you are already trying to be a supportive parent and look for information. By doing that, you're decreasing the likelihood of your child facing any sort of mental health challenges in the future. And once your child has begun to explore their gender identity, um, they may be interested in making some non-medical changes to their bodies as well, such as accessing like chest compression binders, packers, or tucking tape, or those kinds of things as well. So because this question has so many layers, the next piece here is that it mentions, it says, how do I, I want to make sure that I'm not unintentionally causing harm by putting them in uncomfortable situations. But I think just talking about not wanting to cause unintentional harm in general is a, is a topic that I want to pause and take a moment for. Aiden just did a really great job talking about how to support your child with them coming out. But now the other piece is, you know, what do you know as a parent? You know, how, what do you know about this process? And, you know, what is your communication like with your child? And there might be, you know, a time for, this might be a good time for you to pause and say, okay, maybe I need to do some research and just kind of look into maybe what some next steps and reach out, get to some, get some supports for yourself as well to make sure that, again, you aren't causing un, any unintentional harm. Um, some of those questions might be like, well, are you sure this is just probably a phase? You know, that would be a harmful question. Other things like saying, okay, are you sure? You know, I've heard that your friends at school are feeling this way too. Are you sure you're not just kind of copying them? Things like that. Like those are really unsupportive and, and unvalidating statements to make to your child. And a lot of resources, including uh, books for parents are really good about addressing those first kind of initial thoughts when your child comes out as transgender and another um, big question I think parents ask is, you know, what did I do? Did I do something wrong? When we all know that that's not the case here, you know, at OutMain, we try and, you know, educate people on saying like what Aiden was saying, you know, your child's probably known for a very long time. Their gender identity is developed by age three. And the chances are that they've known this whole time, but didn't really know how to say it or how to come out or maybe didn't want to just yet. Maybe they had to go through their own personal up and down roller coasters of, of what that felt like for them. So reading up on some of those books will help avoid a lot of that unintentional harm. And it will give you some suggestions, you know, aside from what we're sharing with you today, but give you some more suggestions on how to talk to family members. And on the OutMain website, there are a bunch of resources with books that might be helpful. Some that I would like to point out that could be helpful for you or your child through kind of exploring where they are in their gender identity exploration and transition. Several workbooks that could be used and your child can do these independently or you can do these by yourself trying to answer some own questions or you can do them together. Um, and they kind of give descriptions of different aspects of a transition and what gender identity is and make you kind of just think about different aspects of what your identity is. So a couple of those are the Gender Identity Guide by Tavi Hahn, the Gender Quest Workbook which is a guide for teens and young adults exploring gender identity by Rylan J. Testa and the Queer and Transgender Resilience Workbook by Annalise Sine. 
And for parents specifically too, Maine also offers twice a month a parent and family support group. Um, and this is all virtual, so it's on Zoom. And it's the first Thursday of every month from 6 to 7 p.m. and the third Wednesday of every month from 11.30 to 12.30. And these groups are a space where parents and family members can come um, to ask questions. It's a completely judgment-free zone. And you can come and ask questions, looking for resources, sharing sharing experiences that you're having and other parents can share their experiences and that's a way to build some community and kind of explore where you are in this journey of your child's transition. The next piece of this question that we'll want to address is talking about coming out to extended family. Chances are, if your child has told you that they, you know, are out as transgender, that means you're probably on a list of a supportive adult that they've deemed comfortable talking about their identity with. And so another piece of this question that we really want to chat about is coming out to extended family. So finding and identifying at least one supportive family member, you know, for your child is really important. So likelihood that you are that person for your child. And so maybe if there, if there is some other folks in your family that you feel could be helpful, then, you know, have that conversation, have this, you know, additional layer of safety and support for your child. Um, Another piece is educating, but not forcing information on your extended family. If the extended family you feel is not very inclusive, um, it might be better to kind of plant some seeds as to how they could be more inclusive if they wanted to. And I think that's kind of a hard piece because of course we all want our family to be more inclusive, but by forcing them and giving them, you know, 10 books to read, you know, that might not necessarily be the most helpful piece. So educating as much you can, letting your child advocate for themselves as well as you advocating for them as long as they see that um, as helpful. Give these extended family members, to, uh, you know, time to process. Have a conversation initially. Give them a couple hours, a couple of days, a week, you know, whatever, depending on their reaction. And then have another conversation. Ask them what they have questions about. See, you know, what your child wants to revisit with them. You're also always, you know, able to offer advice, book suggestions, like I mentioned previously. Um, there's tons on our website. And really importantly, it's to show your child unconditional support, regardless of whatever that outcome is. And this is kind of this next step of having a plan for maybe what to do if someone responds negatively to them coming out. Does your child want to leave that room? Do they want to leave the area? Do they want to stand up for themselves or would they rather you stand up for them? You have to kind of be on the same page as your child, because I think a lot of parents tend to go into defense mode and say, Hey, you know, don't do that. And don't do this. And there's like an anger base behind it, but the child might not want that. The child might just want to move on and get out of that situation as fast as they can. Or the child might want to have their own voice be heard in that moment. I think another part of this question that is important to address was you asked, should I be the one to tell extended family members or should I let my child be the one to tell family members? It's important to have that conversation with your child. You know, how comfortable is your child with your extended family? Are you close? Are you not close? Has your child had negative interactions in the past with these family members? You know, kind of what are the concerns around talking to these family members? And if your child is comfortable talking to these family members themselves, ask your child, do they want you there to be a secondary supportive adult? If not, let them kind of do it on their own and see what comes from that. If they don't want to tell, 
family members and they want you to have a conversation with your child about what they want that to look like. What are the things that they want you to share? Do they want to just share that my child is going by this new name or my child is going by these new pronouns or are they looking for something else to be shared more in depth? Something else that could be helpful to, I think, for any parent or caregiver that's supporting their child through this with trying to talk to extended family um, is maybe some conversation starters. So, um, Mara, could you just give some kind of examples or suggestions of conversation starters that might be helpful? Of course. So I think it's really important to talk about some of these ahead of time because this is a big conversation for your child to have with others. And, you know, that first really brave moment was having this conversation with you, but now, um, you know, it's additional pressure. So first one could be something like so-and-so wants to talk to you about something that's really important to them, you know, labeling this as a really serious conversation. Cause that's what it is. You know, it needs to be taken seriously and the child's going to be, you know, really vulnerable in that moment. So making sure it's a, a serious conversation to have will be really important. Um, another way that this conversation could get introduced is, you know, hey, insert family member here. You know, I have something I want to talk to you about and I would appreciate it if you would listen to me before asking any questions. I think the child having a voice and being able to express everything that they feel uh, is really important, especially when it comes to something so deeply personal. And lastly, um, if personal confrontation doesn't feel good for your child, um, having them write a letter that kind of stating how they feel they could address it to each family member in independently, or they could, you know, have someone have you read it out loud or, you know, have that conversation with your child, figure out what works best for them. And I think that even another piece on that is maybe your child wants to do like an audio recording, you know, of themselves saying what they need to say, because in that moment you can get really stressed out. This can, you can forget what you wanted to say and miss on these really important pieces of this conversation that your child wants to convey to the family, but just gets pretty nervous having that conversation about. Something else that just might be helpful too, is having these conversations ahead with your, your child can help to just kind of clarify like language and understanding. Um, I know for me personally, when I transitioned in high school, I didn't have any language around what it meant to be transgender. So the only language I had was to tell my mom that I always felt like I should have been a boy. So being able to have these conversations prior to telling other family members too can kind of help to just increase the vocabulary needed um, and just be able to really kind of emphasize and explain in better depth what you're trying to get across. And that can just help to for other family members to just be more respectful and potentially more responsive to what you're trying to express. On an earlier episode of LGBT Time, young adults shared their coming out stories. I was in the eighth grade. I was 13 years old. I had these feelings for another girl because at the time I'm transgender. I identified as female so I had I was attracted to another girl in my class and so I started talking to her more we didn't really talk very much and we ended up dating and I didn't really know what that meant at all because I hadn't experienced that before and I didn't know anything about it and I realized after that I was like oh wait do I have to like come out or something after this to like explain myself. I don't really want to do that. And so I didn't tell almost, I don't think I told anyone. I think I told maybe two people and it was the girl I was dating 
and a mutual friend we had and no one at my school knew, none of my family knew, no one knew. So first time I came out, technically, I didn't really say, hey, I'm a lesbian because I didn't feel that way. I knew that wasn't right. So I just said, hey, I'm dating a girl in my class and that's that and that's the way it is. And my, I told my mom in the car, which is actually something you should try and steer away from because that can go into a very unsafe situation because you don't have control of what's going on necessarily. So I told her that and she just kind of didn't care. <laughs> and I just told her, yeah, I'm dating this girl and I really like her. And she's like, okay, cool. But I just felt so much pressure after that from peers to come out as gay. But I never did because I knew it wasn't right. And so my coming out or my technical first coming out experience was almost when I didn't come out, but everyone felt like I should because I was being non-heteronormative, technically speaking. After I came out as trans, as a trans man, I didn't tell anyone I didn't want to or have to. So my name wasn't legally changed, still isn't, my gender marker wasn't, because that was a complicated thing for me and it still kind of is. But I didn't tell people because I really didn't want anyone to know my business unless I felt like not they were worthy, but like I wanted them to know that part of my life. And I came out before high school and I started going to a completely different school with people who did not know me at all. And so I wanted a fresh start and I wanted to not be pride and annoyed by just essentially people just knowing me as transgender and that being the only thing they know about me, which I really, really try and stay away from. And I still try and stay away from because there have been multiple times where I have been outed, which is when essentially someone reveals to someone else, either it could be gender or sexuality that you are, you know, for me, it was I'm trans and people have told others without my consent and without me telling them, yeah, that's okay. I'm like, you could tell that person, which is essential when talking about someone's personal life, because for a lot of people, this is a safety issue. And this is a comfort issue. And I know for me, it's both of those. And it increases my anxiety greatly when someone I don't know, and don't talk to suddenly knows this information about me that I really wish they hadn't because I don't know them. And they don't know me. And that's the only thing they know about me. And I don't like that. It makes me very uncomfortable. But outing is a whole other thing. But it's very important to have people's consent when talking about things that are that close to them and who they are, because that gets taken away. And that's not fair to anyone at all. I actually have two siblings who are also trans. And my youngest sibling, when they were first starting to question their gender, thought it was really exciting that I'm transgender myself. So they would talk to friends at school about it very often. And I wasn't aware of this because we didn't live together. So that was a very fun conversation when they moved closer to me and I could explain to them the importance of people knowing 
identities that fall under the LGBT spectrum because it can genuinely be a safety issue. And that was a very difficult conversation for them as a young trans person. I think that it definitely helped in the long run. You're never entirely done with coming out because there's always going to be new people who you have to sort of decide whether or not to come out to even. Like sometimes you don't come out to people like your boss or some person at school who you don't really know and therefore don't feel the need to come out to, but you like you work with them on a science project or something. So another question that we received to our Dear Chuck column was, Dear Chuck, I want to teach my kids to be inclusive and non-judgmental. Sometimes they say things that I know are hurtful to others. What can I do as a parent to help my kids be more open-minded? So Mara, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think, you know, teaching children to be inclusive is 100% is going to start with the parents. So as a parent, you have this influence, you have this ability to lead your children to be these ideal models of, you know, what it is to kind of break some of those gender binary norms that have been so deeply rooted in our society for a very long time. And so some of those things might include when you introduce yourself to someone, a teacher, or, you know, while your children are listening to say your name and use your pronouns. Hi, my name is Mara and I use she, her pronouns. That is a really great way to open up conversation, not because the other person on the receiving end of that needs to share their pronouns, but just simply opening that door so that if they did use pronouns other than what people assume, that's their chance to share them if they feel comfortable. And having your children even know what their pronouns are is, you know, a really good starting point for just comfortability in talking about pronouns. Everyone has pronouns. And I think a lot of people think that there's the he him or she, her, but we also know that there's gender neutral pronouns um, and there's several of them, but they, them being one of the most popular. Um, You could use gender neutral pronouns more often in your, the way you talk. So-and-so came over the other day and they left their keys here, or they were wearing a really ugly shirt today, right? We're using the word they, and maybe they don't use that pronoun. Maybe they use he or him or she, her, but the idea of being able to use a gender neutral term can be really something that you can put into your vocabulary and help educate your children about. Another way that you can expose your children to things that are more inclusive is having a variety of gender identities or, you know, gender expression in the things that they watch on TV or the the books that they read. Um, Some other things that might be helpful just to kind of give your children a more inclusive mindset is just getting them more involved in different things and involved with other people who may not identify in the same way as them or have other um, intersectional identities. So this could be clubs at school, like a civil rights team or gay straight trans alliance. Um, This could be community groups like Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts or community sports teams. All of these things will have a variety of different people in them with different backgrounds. So that's a great way to just increase kind of knowledge and understanding of other people, as well as just a great way to make friends. Another thing that you could do with your kids is if you are in the car or out in the community and you see something happen around you, whether it's positive or negative, ask your child about that. Ask them what their opinion was. If you heard somebody say something that was rude to somebody else, ask your child if they thought that that person responded in an appropriate way. Um, And if not, ask your child how they think that they should have responded. And all of these things will kind of get your child to think about life in a different perspective and just how to be more understanding and accepting of others. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, these two questions really focused a lot on the parenting piece um, and what lending support and, you know, being how to help their children be inclusive, but being a parent is already challenging. Um, And now you kind of have this different layer of gender identity that you have to learn to navigate as well. Um, I think we have a lot of parents who struggle and they have some have really bad days where it's just really difficult. And that's, I think, why a big part of the reason why OutMaine wants to offer this space for parents and families to come and talk about those things, because we would much rather you have a conversation with other parents and, you know, people who can help answer those questions rather than have those kinds of moments in front of your child, because that can potentially sometimes, you know, end up being harmful in that scenario. And so it's, it's difficult. And just knowing that the fact that you're listening to this podcast or you are, you know, reading a book, attending a support group that, you know, that already shows how much you care and support your child, uh, regardless of whether you fully understand, you know, what they're going through or not. Yeah. And you don't have to like fully understand what your child's going through to be supportive. And I think it's just important to, you know, try your best, you know, don't beat yourself up. If you make a mistake, if your child has changed their name and pronouns and you mess that up, that's okay. Just acknowledge that you messed that up, apologize, but only apologize once, correct yourself and move on and just make sure that you try your best to get it right the next time. You can also get your kid involved in some groups that Outmain offers. There's three groups that we offer each week for different age ranges, all the way from age nine to 22. And these are just drop-in spaces where kids can come and meet other people like them and just have fun and just be creative through art projects, just learn about their own identity and other identities, um, learn about just LGBTQ plus history, all sorts of those kinds of things. And all of that information can be found right online at outmain.org under the programming tab. Yeah, I think the spaces that we're trying to offer youth is is really because we know that not every home is supportive and we know that not every school is supportive. And so you know, out Maine makes it, you know, part of their goal to work with schools and youth to just educate, promote, you know, their, for their well-being. So we work with a lot of schools through like gay straight trans alliances or GSAs. A lot of schools have different names for them, uh, but maybe encouraging your child to get involved or even start up a gay straight trans alliance in their school to find, you know, some other support, because the chances are is that there is other youth out there, other kids out there that are feeling similar to them. And they just need to kind of initiate that space to then develop, you know, connections. So I hope that you've enjoyed listening today and have found this information helpful. And just a reminder, if you have a question that you want answered by um, our youth ages 16 to 22, please feel free to submit that on the OutMain website, or you can email it to dearchuck at outmain.org. You've been listening to OutMain's youth-focused podcast, LGBT Time with Chuck on WERU FM 89.9.